Hello everyone, and welcome to Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. It's our second Advent episode. The second Sunday of December calls for second Advent Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. We're back. We're back so soon. You've hardly seen the back of us and here we are again. Hello, Chris. Hello. Chris and I are here again. Today's a historic day. Yes. Yes, because the day is here at last. Yes. After two years doing podcasts about the strange goings on of East Anglia, Today is finally the day when we talk about Black Shuck. No. Ba, ba, ba. Also, you've been doing this for more than two Have years. Have I? Is it three years? I think it's, well, because wasn't the, the first few were recorded before lockdown. It's true. And lockdown so was March 2020. So I think the first ones were recorded. Holy shit. In summer 2019, the end of summer You're 2019. You're probably right. So it's three years. So it's four years. Four years? <laughs> Because it's we're in twenty twenty. Why can't I grasp time? Twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. But COVID doesn't count, as we all know. Well, in which case you've hardly been doing it at all. What a lazy ass I am. <laughs> well, in that case, how even more extraordinary that it's taken us this long to get around to talking about Black Shuck. Because I feel like Black Shuck is like the standout folklore yeah, of East if, Anglia. If anyone knows anything about the folklore of East Anglia, it's probably Black. It's Shuck. Black Shuck. And I only can imagine that I've been contrary and not wanting to talk about Black Shark for this long. Every fucker's doing it. Everyone knows about fucking Black Shark. But no, the day's here. And I think it's going to be fun for us. Quite fun. Okay. Waz me over that Christmas drink we've got over there. (laughs) For all our Advent episodes, we're having a Christmassy drink. Today's is a bit of a different sort of a Christmassy drink. I've piled them into a sort of Battenberg arrangement. That's it. (laughs) Very confusing. So today we have got Tiny Rebel. Nice. Day Puffed. Marshmallow Porter. Oh, lovely. Because I thought... s'mores. S'mores. Because I thought that at Christmas you might put some marshmallows into the fire. And is s'mores not a Thanksgiving delicacy? Could be. Is that not the thing where they put marshmallow on sweet potato? No. <laughs> oh, that's something else, <laughs> no. is it? Um, I think s'mores is where you have some cookies. Right. And then you melt a marshmallow, which I can only imagine to be a giant american-sized marshmallow because the small marshmallows we get you know you're not getting very far with those and then you melt the marshmallow enough so you can sort of sandwich it between two cookies right and it sort of squidges down right and then you eat it and to me it's more of a campfire thing right but i was thinking of the sort of you know open fire put the marshmallow on a stick yeah, That's yeah. what we did when we were young and I had it a Christmas? Well, just winter when the fire okay, was on. Yeah. But it seems sort of vaguely Christmassy. Let's give it a try. Smells really good. Does I like it? Tiny Rebel, actually. I hope it will be nice. Sometimes these stouts are a bit watery and disappointing, aren't they? This kind of stout. Oh, not this one. Is it rich? <laughs> oh, my life. That is marshmallowy. That's really good. Oh, it's very sweet. 
I like it. <laughs> Delicious. But also, like you say, good body. I suppose marshmallows also make me think of Christmas because of our friend Jake, who sometime of the podcast, yeah. and when he had a bag of marshmallows for Christmas, because he loves marshmallows, for some reason they were by his bed. But then he woke up one morning and he was hungry, so hungry, and he started to cram them into his mouth. But he did it with such vigour and carelessness that he chomped down on his own fingers. <laughs> Very So painful. we can dedicate this drink to Jake. <laughs> okay, so we'll be drinking this. Depending how long it takes us to drink our marshmallow stout, I have a second drink for the last part of the story, but we can see how we get on. Okay. Right, black shark. Black shark. Black bloody shark. Now, Chris. Yes. If I say to you black shark. Yes. What image comes into your mind? Uh, the slavering jaw of a hellhound. Yes. A fearsome hellhound. Yes. And is he black? Oh, yeah, I guess so. And his eyes? Mm, red. Red eyes, yes. Blazing eyes. A shaggy black coat. And perhaps larger than a normal dog. Oh, sure. I mean, a um, hellhound. Giant. Yeah. A hellhound could be tiny. Only in good omens. <laughs> so that's the basics of Black Shark. <laughs> that's it. We're done. <laughs> We're done now. Uh, like a big, black, shaggy dog. I thought you were tricking me. I thought I you were going to say, Black Shark, as it turns out, actually had a very white coat. Or, no, I'm not tricking no. you. I just wanted you to give any listeners that weren't familiar with Black Shark, right. like a bit of a visual image. Okay. And Shuck? Now, I'll come to Shuck. Oh, okay. Well, will I? Maybe. Um, <laughs> I do have some... Some, some Shuck notes. Some notes on names. Yeah. The exact appearance of the dog differs. Right. And different stories about black shark and yeah. different sightings. But the commonalities that we usually get are it's a big black dog, yeah. unnaturally large, yeah. quite often blazing eyes. Yeah. Sometimes his appearance is accompanied by the sound of clanking chains. Oh. Sometimes the heavy panting is heard in the darkness. <laughs> and then you see his glowing eyes looming at you. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Would you rather hear clanking of chains or a heavy panting? Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, chains, I think. Yeah, I think panting's I worse. Inorganic bad sounds. <laughs> I agree. I think heavy panting to hear out on your own at night on a dark lane. I'd rather hear the clanking of chains than a heavy panting. Probably the old uh, heavy panting phone call doesn't happen so much these days, does it? Well, no, because it's harder to just ring up a random number. Exactly, yeah. And everyone knows who you are. Yeah, you can be traced more easily. Good. <laughs> yes. Let's put paid to those panting phone calls. Interpretations of the hound and what the hound means may differ. Sometimes it's seen to be the devil itself okay. taking a houndish form. Sometimes it's a hound sent by the devil yeah. as a sort of a minion. Yeah, yeah right. Um, uh, like the omen. Yes, exactly. The fearsome dog of the omen. It might foretell the death of those who see or hear it. Oh, okay. So that's it's a, one belief. A, a foreboding presence. Yeah, like a, a portent of doom. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Or if not death, then, you know, some other bad thing yeah, might happen to you. you might get a paper cut. Some believed that practitioners of the black arts could transform themselves into these terrifying hounds uh -huh. and use the form of the hound to race at night through the darkness. So the black shark is not just a hound. It could be the form taken by many people. Well, in East Anglian folklore, Black Shuck has come to be the name used for any sighting of ah, the sort of okay. phantom hounds that are right. sighted. But as we'll hear, actually, it's not unique to East Anglia, no. but there's different names in different parts of the I country. I thought it was a specific hound. No, not really. It's just sort of the name for a general phantom right. beastly dog. Yeah. And they are sighted all around the region. But black shuck has become the kind of general terminology for them. And Even how the Baskervilles? You, you capitalise it. Shuck. It would be. 
Some said that the hounds would haunt the areas of violent deaths or that they were the spirits of people who had been particularly evil while alive. But in almost every case, the appearance of this black phantom dog is a bad business. The dog is hostile and the sightings leave any witnesses with a horrible fear. Nothing good can come of seeing black shuck. As I said, hellhounds and black dogs aren't unique to our region. No. Sarah McPhee, my older sister, recently got me an excellent book. I think she found it in a secondhand bookshop. And it's called Mysterious Animals of Britain and Ireland (laughs) by Graham J. McEwan. And he says, the black dog is one of the oldest phantoms known to mankind. Mm. Huge, jet black, shaggy coated and fiery eyed. And he says that sightings of such beasts have been recorded, in fact, all over Europe, in North America and South America. Mm. But, he says, the British Isles have the most sightings of these strange beasts. He's trying to hawk his book. (laughs) And he says that while they have been seen in almost every part of the British Isles, four areas have the most sightings of these black phantom dogs. Is it a league table? He does. He includes in the in the book this an amazing map that he's drawn, and he's got little icons. So there's a little like dog icon for any sightings of of dogs, and then there's the big cats, of course, and they have their little icon. And then there are sea serpents, which (laughs) get little icons. Um, I'll put if you come and have a look at our Instagram. Ruth underscore is underscore stranger. I'll take a photo of this lovely map from McEwan's book and put it up on there, and you can have a look. He says, while they've been seen in almost every part of the British Isles, here are the four areas where mm-hmm. they've been seen the most. Northwest England, mm. the West Country, right. Lincolnshire, oh, yeah. also Fenny, of course, yeah, yeah. and of course, East Anglia. Oh, okay. So he's not dividing by county. No, just the region. Yeah. The region as a whole. I don't think a phantom dog cares about counties. Oh, no, but people are quite possessive about their local stories, aren't yes, they? Yes, and actually that comes up with Black Shark. Does it? And we'll we'll hear about that. So we're going to hear about some East Anglian sightings of Black Shuck. But I wanted also to say that the name Black Shuck is not used throughout the land. So Black Shuck is only the East Anglian variant. Yes, exactly. And actually, even within East Anglia, there are different names. But I'll just tell you some of the names that are in other parts of England, because they're quite fun. So in the north of England, Bargwest, Skryker and Trash. (laughs) And I quite like Trash because McEwen suggests it comes from the squelching noise that the dog makes as it trots along. And he says that that sounds like someone walking in worn-out shoes, or trashes, as they are known. Are they? Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. Quite fun. In the Midlands, similar phantoms have been called Hooter. And in Lincolnshire, Hairy Jack. Oh, Hairy Jack. And in parts of Scotland, the Muckle Black Tyke. I like that. (laughs) Muckle Black. What's a muckle? I don't know. And they're just some of the names. There's all sorts of names. So, Fruity. Very fruity names. (laughs) Hooter. I hear Hooter on the wind. I hear the clanking chains of Hooter. That's what you'd shout. Those brummies. Even in our own region, there are a myriad of names for black dog phantoms. And these can differ from village to village. So, Black Shuck is probably the best known. Yeah, and the best. Not saying it's the best name. (laughs) Back to the league table. In Suffolk, we find Scarf. Uh In Norfolk, both Skeff. And Old Scarp. They sound like they're probably variations on the same name. I think so, yes. Old Scarp, for example, is used to describe the hound that haunts South Town Road in Yarmouth. He is known specially as Old Scarp. Right. And a possible route for all these words, suggests McEwen, is the Old English Skeofen. I don't know my Old English pronunciations. Think of doing Chaucer at school. Skeofen. Skeofen. I did Chaucer. For A-Level English. Didn't we all? The Reeves' Tale. Oh, yeah. What did you do? 
I did the prologue to the Canterbury Tales. Okay, we in in Cambridge we would do the Reeves because of its Trumpington references. Because it's about Trumpington. Yeah. It starts off in Trumpington, where we lay our scene. I always remember. <laughs> And the man that taught us was a very old man and I think he'd been retired and he'd for some reason he was covering someone who was off sick or something. But we had him for a term and he did his old English voice. Oh yeah, in April when the sun was He was very good. He was very good. The Reaver's Tale in trumping tune where we lay our scene. It was very much like that. So scoffen, yeah, and that means to bite or scratch. (laughs) Or possibly it could come from the old high German scarpon which means cut to shreds. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so either way, it's kind of about the biting and the scratching and the yeah. misfortune of meeting Black Shuck or Old Scarp or Skeff. Another good one's Galley Trot, and that's used in Leyston on the Suffolk coast. Right. There's some suggestion that that refers to the Guardian of Treasure, that the phantom Galley Trot is guarding some sort of a, a treasure. That's fun. Mm. I suppose you're in kind of shipwreck territory, are you? Yeah, the smugglers of hidden sin yeah. treasure. Booty. Although, as we learned from our smuggling episodes, they're not really hiding treasure, are no, they? it's mostly boring stuff. Tobacco, gin. We can just buy those things in shops. Oh, we can now. I know, but is it really worth Galley Trot's time <laughs> to be guarding it's these probably, things? It's classic misdirection. Galley Trot is pretending that he's guarding all this boring stuff, when in reality it's all the good stuff. It's a giant golden cauldron. Yeah, doubloons. Filled with more gold. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like a golden cauldron for Christmas, please. <laughs> Filled with more gold and chocolate. So, okay, we hear more names and permutations of the beast from Peter Tolhurst in This Hollow Land. In Sheringham, the dog is known as Shock, and it appears here as a headless beast oh. with a white handkerchief tied over its neck. What, to hide the bloody stump? I suppose. No panting there. Where's Shock got the handkerchief from? <laughs> Maybe somebody else has, has tied it over there for him. The devil was like, oh, you do look you a bit... You can't go out You look like a bit that. grisly, old Shock. Will you put this handkerchief on? Come on. Put those bits of gristle back in. <laughs> Tuck those entrails no, there's back no in entrails the hole. coming out of the neck hole. Only Come like on. a, a tube. A, an esophagus. Mm. At North Reps, where your nan's from, yeah. there have been sightings of a phantom dog with two heads. In like Soul a House, Yeah. Didn't he have three? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. In Soul House, it has the usual one head, mm-hmm. uh, but also only one eye blazing out from the middle of its forehead. Oh, like a cyclops. Mm. Not just one of the eyes has been poked out. No, I think just a central right. blazing eye. So you can see there's quite a lot of different versions. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, you know, however the fancy took the person who was telling the story, really, isn't it? Like, oh, we've all got a bit bored of just there's a regular dog running around. Now we've got <laughs> this to give one it an has extra two heads. Head. Yeah. <laughs> or no head. If it's no head, you're not going to hear any panting, unless you heard a kind of wheezing <laughs> as its tube. <laughs> yeah. its, its loose tube a, a was kind just of, sort of... A kind of, of wet guttering. <laughs> That's how he would sound. That is, would also be bad to hear, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. So there's lots of names and there's lots of variations on the demon dog. But Black Shuck is the most famous. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that is kind of known beyond the region, I yeah. think. I think we mentioned it back in the very first episode, but of course there is the darkness song Black Shuck as well. <laughs> I was I was basically waiting to see how long it would be before <laughs> the darkness got a mention. And, Don't worry, and I won't sing it. Genuinely hoping that it wouldn't come up. I'm sorry. All right. You can edit out the darkness if you want. <laughs> from this podcast, but not from life. No. I understand Justin Hawkins now is some kind of YouTube celebrity, isn't he? He does guitar stuff, doesn't he? He does. Doesn't he just do like my life blog type thing? Oh, I thought he did a thing where he was like, now I'm going to play Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. Oh, does he? Or maybe not that song. Right. Maybe he's going to play... Suffolk represent, he says. (laughs) Is Ed Sheeran from Suffolk? Yes, famously. Is he? Yeah. Ed Sheeran, The Darkness. Yeah. 
Cradle of Filth. All the best Suffolk, uh, Suffolk people. So maybe not Ed Sheeran, but like maybe Metallica. Oh, Here okay. is Master of Puppets. Wow, that's a long video. Guitar. I don't know. Probably, it's probably out there, isn't it? I imagine that started in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Justin Hawkins wanted to sing the Eurovision song. Oh, yeah. Because now they all they did for a while until they realised the British public were just choosing terrible trash. They would have like a preliminary thing. A song for they Europe. Write, a song for Europe where yeah. you could call in, yep. vote. Yep. In before the, the voting scandals that so tarnished. Yep. The reputation Please of don't television. Call after the lines are closed. Your vote will not be counted, but you may still be charged. And I think that Hawkins thought he was a shoe in. Right. <laughs> and he wasn't a shoe in. And then he stormed off stage. Did he? Did he come like fourth to a bunch of I think it was identical I think triplets it... or something? <laughs> well, that does seem more Eurovision friendly. <laughs> More Eurovision friendly than uh, Public Image Limited, who were uh, um, in the running to be Ireland's entry, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, but this they year? didn't win. No, I know, but even so. Well, I think anyone could be in the running. <laughs> We've all seen anyone. Father Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? The What's darkness. Here? You mentioned the darkness. And now and we've gone everything off the went rails. To bloody pot. What we're going to hear about is some tales of Black Shot going to church. Ah, uh, yes. These are some of the best known. Right. Do you know anything of these stories? Well, I know that there is a church, mm, I want to say it's in Norfolk, which has what are said to be the claw marks of Black Shuck in the door, mm. where he is uh, scrabbled at the door in yeah. an attempt to try and get those who are sheltered within. And I suppose it's a common thing in folklore that if you're in trouble, you go and shelter in the church, right? Well, you know, I think that the claw marks are on the inside of the church Oh my church God. Door. <laughs> It was the people trying to get out. So let's hear the... Okay, yeah, yeah. give me the official version. I'll give you the official version, yes. The absolutely 100% true version. (laughs) (laughs) The black shot goes to church, as I'm calling it. (laughs) So there are actually... What's kind of interesting about this is that there are two churches at Bungay and at Blytheburgh. Oh, okay, Bungay's in Suffolk. Blytheburgh, sorry. Bungay and Blytheburgh. Right. They're both in Suffolk, but Bungay's on like the Norfolk border. On the border. border. Right. And I'd always heard this story of the claw marks and the black shuck in the church yeah. as being Blytheborough. Right, okay. But then I was reading more about it, as mm-hmm. I do, yeah. and I was like, oh, Bungay. Bungay's but got But actually, what we'll see is, I feel like both have adopted the sort of basically same story. And, and oh, yeah. So anyway, I'll tell you the story. There's money to be had, isn't there? In, From, the shuck, in the shuck tourism trade. So Bungay on their um, village sign, I think they have a black shuck. Do they? A black shuck weather vane. Oh, that's fun. And I think Bungay have, in the last few years, started doing a black shuck festival, which right. we must go to okay, one yes. day. Sure. I've always wanted to go to Bungay. So first, let's go there. But, you know, through the method of storytelling. Oh, yes. This is on the River Waveney between, on the border of, of Suffolk and mm-hmm. Norfolk. We're going back to the year 1577. Okay. 4th of August. Oh. Once again, summer. <laughs> The congregation of St. Mary's Church had a most terrible time. There's an account from the time written by a man called Abraham Fleming. Right. And he tells of the events. His account is called A Strange and Terrible Wonder. Fleming was actually a rector of St. Pancras in London. Uh-huh. But on this day, he was visiting Bungay and he was amongst the congregation. Okay. At Bungay Church. So uh, a trusted source then? <laughs> yes, a trusted source, sure. Oh, was he <laughs> sure. sourced? On the source. Well, you know. We'll, we'll, okay. He, he perhaps would have had different motives. So it was the morning service, just shortly after 9am, and a violent thunderstorm began to dash the town. And this is what Fleming says. There appeared in a most horrible similitude and likeness to the congregation, 
Then and there, present a dog, a black colour, together with the fearful flashes of fire which were then seen, moved such admiration in the mind of the assembly that they thought doomsday was already come. A giant dog came in. Yeah. It was black. It had scary flashing eyes. You don't need to translate from the Well, I thought century. I did because it seems confusing. Oh, okay. They thought it was doomsday. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. terrible has happened. The violent thunderstorm is sending yep. thunder and lightning crashing around. Yeah. A giant dog has lolloped into the church. The devil's agent is loose on earth. The association of black shock with storms, fire and explosions is something we see in other accounts as right. well. So the black dog, or as Fleming calls it, the devil in such a likeness. Mm. It ran all about the church at a fearsome speed. <laughs> I've seen dogs do that. The zoomies. Just get excited <laughs> and like go round and round and round and round in circles really quick. Two people had dropped to their knees to pray, and the beast ran between them and wrung their necks. <laughs> at the same time, Fleming says, their heads snapped backwards and they fell to the floor dead. The dog ran around more. It soon found its next victim. It passed by another man and gave him such a gripe on the back that therewithal he was presently drawn together and shrunk up as if he were a piece of leather scorched in a hot fire or as the mouth of a purse or bag drawn together with string. Oh no. He wizened all up. And apparently the third victim didn't die, Fleming says, <laughs> despite being drawn up like a scorched leather. Okay. Well, they just put some moisture on him, did they? <laughs> he rehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just was wizened. Got one of those things for plants, you know. Puts out a fine mist. I think you need a lot of misting to rehydrate a wizened, scorched man. After Shuck had terrorised the people of Bungay, it bounded out and raced away, off to cause more fear and horror, in the village of Blytheborough, 12 miles hence. Here, it leapt into the Church of the Holy Trinity. It again roared about the church, killing a man and a boy and causing the steeple to collapse through the roof. No. As the devil dog fled the building after this mayhem, its claws left scorch marks on the north door of the church. And there are indeed marks on the church door to this very day. Yeah. So the story goes that the claw marks of Black Shuck from that fateful night nearly 500 years ago have remained. So Bungay was just the warm-up for the main event. Yeah, but I feel like wringing some necks and... Drawing up a man into a shriveled purse is more dramatic. Well, yeah, but old uh, Fleming wasn't in Blytheborough, was he? He wasn't there. No. He had to recount that from other stories he'd heard. So I don't want to really say, is there any truth to the story? Because probably there isn't. But let's see. Why are you so dismissive of Fleming and his storytelling? I'll tell you. Uh. In This Hollow Land, which is a book about Norfolk sort Mm. of folklore and um, history... Peter Tolhurst points out that there are other accounts from the time that do tell of a thunderstorm on the 4th of August, right. 1577, in Bungay. And these report that the spire of St Mary's Church was struck by lightning during a morning storm. Okay. And this resulted in the deaths of two parishioners who were in the belfry, <laughs> um, much to the horror of the congregation sure. who were there. So two people did die at Bungay that day. And Tolhurst suspects that the addition of the black dog in Fleming's account is the work of a preacher keen to associate the misfortune of Uh, natural phenomena with the work of the devil. And um, basically as an excuse to say, look how this land is falling into disrepute and now we're being punished by the devil coming to us in the form of this hellish hound who's causing mayhem and death. I see. So Tolhurst is sort of saying it's tying into the... It's propaganda. 
it's it's yeah it's the sort of hellfire style yeah, of um, yeah exactly exactly so that's why i'm a bit suspicious of abraham fleming fair enough i never imagined that he might have an ulterior motive soon we might want our second beer okay in the meantime while we finish our beer have you ever seen a hellish beast no. of any kind no a dog a cat no. a sea serpent no no <laughs> no um, no heard a clanking of chains in the night uh... <laughs> we hear a whiffling from our cat Sullivan. Yeah. I often hear you clanking the toilet seat at night. <laughs> clanking around. I think it's quite the same. Crashing into things in the darkness. Yeah. All right. Well, I haven't either. No. I just wondered. I mean, I'm sure if I had, you would have known about it by now, surely. Yeah. I wouldn't have been keeping it under my hat. Wait until, you know, 10 years have passed and then say, oh, did I ever tell you about the time I saw a hellish beast? <laughs> Before we leave Black Shuck to hear about a slight different strange creature, that's when we'll have our second beer. Right. I have a final Shuck tale, which I found amusing. Mm -hmm. And this comes to us from WH Barrett via Enid Porter, and she recounts it in Cambridgeshire Customs and Folklore. Do you remember of WH Barrett? Yeah, Tales from the Fens. Tales from the Fens, more Tales from the Fens. Yeah. He sort of put down to paper a lot of these old stories that he heard while growing up. From old folks in his village. And he, he grew up around Brandon Creek. So oh. so a lot of the stories are either things that happened in Brandon Creek or in the telling of the stories have over the years come to have happened in Brandon Creek because people always <laughs> say the story there. happened, you know, oh, my aunt's sister. Yeah. Oh, my aunt's sister. That would be my mum. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> or my It could be your aunt. other aunt. <laughs> no, it could be your aunt by marriage's sister, who is no relation to you at all. My aunt-in-law. That's yeah, not, not a thing, is it? <laughs> is that so. a second cousin? No. Okay. A second cousin is your mum's cousin, right? Maybe. When Barrett was a young lad, he was told a tale, mm-hmm. and this is how basically all of Barrett's stories right. start. He was told about a man who drowned in the river between Brandon Creek and Littleport. It was a foggy night and the man's horse ran down the riverbank and plunged into the cold water by mistake. This man had a dog called Shuck. After the accident, Shuck was never seen again. But on dark, moonless nights for many years afterwards, a phantom creature, much like a dog, could be heard whining and howling Mm. along the riverbank. So this is a more kind of classic ghost story. And I think it's more of a... Here's a Shuck origin story. But oh, okay. as we've seen, actually, Shuck is, is many... It's a manifestation of many things. Is, exactly. The whining and howling stopped abruptly in 1906. Oh. A little port resident was driving home on another foggy night when his a car abruptly hit an unseen object. Car? He was a fancy man of the village. 1906? Apparently. He was a fancy man of the okay. village. He realised it was just at the spot where the subject of the legend had drowned so many years ago. The howling shuck was never heard again. Oh, no. Did he just hit the shuck in his car? As Porter says... I had to go and finish it off of a jack. <laughs> As Porter says, This accident must, the local folk declared, have been the first case of a ghost dog being run over and killed by a motor car. <laughs> I suppose, I mean, cars were evidently very new at that point. <laughs> They were, you know, ascribing them powers to which in later days would seem... They could cross over into the ghostly realm. (laughs) (laughs) The cars existed in a liminal state between worlds. Yeah. Both on our plane and the plane of the phantoms. Reaping havoc wherever they went. (laughs) Don't dare get in their way. So that was... that. It tickled me. Yeah. To hear of such a thing. Now, shall we have... Are you done with your marshmallow stout? Mm. This one isn't really Christmassy. No. But as I was looking for beers to have today, 
I thought this one should be appropriate for the final part of our tale. Okay. Tell us its name. It is called Release the Chimps. Everyday IPA. Everyday IPA. That By makes the me think Neen Valley Brewery, so that's local. That makes me think or, it'll be boring. Depending on whereabouts you are, Nen Valley. <laughs> Who says Nen? I think if you're Peterborough away, you say Nen, and if you're Northampton away, you say Neen. And you're from you were in Northampton. I lived for in Northampton a time. for a few years, yeah. But you is, probably weren't thinking about beer at No, but that I age. think my dad used to go fishing in the river in the Neen Valley. So this relates to a slightly different creature that we're going to hear about. And that is the Shug Monkey. Peterborough. Sorry. I'm just looking at the address. They're Peterborough away. Peterborough. Nen Valley. Let's call it Nen. Sorry, the Shug Monkey. The Shug Monkey. And the chimp is not a monkey. Oh, no. Is released the chimp fizzy? Have you got it under control? It's okay. Sorry. That's fine. Give us your verdict. Mm, It's uh, quite fruity. Is it? I think you want to be careful. You might find it to be a little bit too peachy. Too peachy? You know, when an IPA is a bit, a bit on the peachy I side. I don't call that an everyday IPA. I call well, it a fruity IPA. Uh, have a swig and see what you think. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's not. It's it's on the like the right side okay. of fruity, okay. I'd say. It's not a New England IPA. So, as I say, a monkey isn't a chimp. No. A chimp, rather, a chimp isn't a monkey. But I don't think the shug monkey's a monkey either. Uh, okay. So, for, you know, we're in the vague... <laughs> area it's primates have you heard ever of the shug monkey well only because your sister the self-same earlier mentioned sarah mcphee i remember when you first started doing this podcast it said oh mm. there's an episode in the shug monkey yeah but it turned out there's not really a full episode <sighs> but there's a bit of chat about the shug monkey just just shoehorned in on the end of an otherwise hellish dog chat yeah it's a slight a sort of a variation i'd say on the black shark legend here we will go back to Geoffrey M. Dixon, Folktales and Legends of Cambridgeshire. He tells of the Shug Monkey. He says that it's to be found lurking in the Slough Hill Lane area between West Ratting and Bolsham in Cambridgeshire. Okay. I don't Very know where local. either of those places are. Very local for us. It lurks around Slough Hill Lane and maybe this lurking demeanour gives the Shug Monkey its name. Oh, yeah. In the old dialect, Shug means to crawl or sneak. I was just thinking of in Stoke-on-Trent near where I grew up. Shug just meant it was short for sugar. It was the kind of thing... Like Shug Knight. Old ladies would tell you. Is, Sh- is Shug Knight short for sugar? No. No. I'd is say, it? Terry Shug. Like that. <laughs> Are you all right, sugar? Do it again. Terry Shug. Terry Shug. Toreet. Are you all right? Yeah. Shug. Sugar. Sugar. A term of endearment. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I don't think that this Shug monkey... No. ...is a Shug monkey. No. <laughs> It is described by some as a demon mm. and by others as a ghost. Oh, yeah. As with Shuck, accounts of the Shug monkey vary, but again, it is often described as rough-coated mm, and black. Of course. It seems to be a sort of hybrid creature with the staring eyes and tortured expression of a monkey, while its body bears more of a similarity to a hound. This sounds like one of those kind of Ripley's Believe It or Not uh, <laughs> portmanteau animal things in a, like a, in a bell jar, doesn't it? Or the, um, what's it called? The thingy mermaid. Yes, exactly yeah. like that, yeah. I've seen one of those in a Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, well, there you go then. In Dixon's telling, the Shug Monkey Phantom has links to an old story about an actual monkey. The monkey had come to the British Isles with the Vikings. Come on. To be more specific, a well-travelled man named Eelgood, okay. who, who was old and wise and would entertain the Viking warriors with stories from exotic lands and far-off climes. I don't believe this for one moment. On one of these adventures, he had acquired a monkey, and now it had come with him to Cambridgeshire. <laughs> but the legend goes that the monkey was sad and lonely here not in surprised. the cold. 
In the end it died, and its sad spirit roams the area still, bringing sadness and misfortune to anyone who sees it. Has that filled you with misery? I mean, I suppose a little bit. I'm still puzzling over how... What, where, what year are we talking? Oh, Vikings. Yeah, you Vikings. Know. How are they getting hold of a monkey? Well, because first Eelgood went from the Scandinavian lands right, somewhere to, warm. Somewhere tropical. But he was that happening in the Viking acquired era? acquired a monkey. The Vikings weren't invading Barbados, were they? But perhaps he just went on a boat, on a peaceful mission. Anyway, that's the, the kind of origins, right. says Jeffrey M. Dixon of the Shug Monkey okay. story. In more recent years, Rendlesham in Suffolk have claimed their own sightings of oh, the Shug. okay. Isn't Rendlesham the famous UFO sighting? Yes, the right. forest with the lights. Yeah. And it's a bit, I feel like, is it like with Bungay and Blytheborough, where everyone wants the, their piece, don't they, of the thing? We want the black dog. We want the Shug monkey. Make it be our story. <laughs> there are accounts of a hairy beast with the face of a monkey and the body of a large dog. Reported in Rendlesham Forest as recently as 1992. Oh, yes. Who, who reported it in 1992? Just some campers. Oh yeah. Um, whereas the West Ratting Shug Monkey has not been really sighted since before the war. Right. Maybe it was hit by a car. Yeah, a ghost car. I <laughs> know oh, that's the wrong way around. The car can be real, but the monkey's a ghost. Although you do get ghost carriages, don't you? Yeah. We've heard tell of the headless horseman and the ghost carriages before. I don't think they could kill a real dog. No, but a ghost carriage could kill a ghost monkey. Or a ghost dog. <laughs> or maybe they just pass through each other. More strangeness happened in Rendlesham Forest in 2009 yep. when several people, independently from each other, said that they saw a large hairy creature in the woods, much larger than a usual dog. Oh, the Rendlesham Sasquatch? Could be. The 2009 sightings even made the national press. Oh, yeah. Um, although speculation Sunday was... sport. <laughs> The boffins have said this. It would be the Daily Star, wouldn't it, these days? <laughs> boffins dismiss. We've been talking about how the Daily Star seem obsessed with boffins. I think the Daily Star is quietly becoming a, <laughs> a an article of great comedic value. You think they're deliberately doing it? I think they hit a real winner, didn't they, with, with the Liz the Trust lettuce? No, no, it was the lettuce, wasn't it? That's what put the Daily Star into the popular the consciousness, pretty much. Because before that, um, well... I'm imagining it was just a kind of poor man's son, wasn't it? I don't know really anything about it. But now they've they've realised they can kind of eke out this. But is the uh, Daily Star left wing? I don't. I don't know. I don't think I it cares. Does it? The Star is is that not? Like I like a the Morning Star. Communist symbol. <laughs> I think. I think traditionally the Mirror was the only left wing oh, okay. uh, tabloid, wasn't it? But yeah, I think. I think the Daily Star have just taken their uh, their their comedy, and that's why they love boffins. And then last week there was one, and it said boffins are sexy. Say boffins. <laughs> How we laughed. I remember one that said, uh, science says it's okay to call boffins boffins. And then a <laughs> asterisk, and the asterisk said, for example, if they name themselves a bunch of boffins whilst doing a pub quiz. <laughs> Sometimes it's uh, abbreviated to boffs as well. Oh, the boffs? Yeah. What have the boffs said now? That's what they're saying at the Daily Star. We should probably say that we haven't been buying and reading the Daily no, Star. No, no. We just see the headlines, don't we? Yeah. Let's just enjoy the headlines of the Daily Star and the boffs. So... No, it wasn't just the Daily Star (laughs) to answer your question. It was picked up by even the Telegraph. No. Yes, and similar. Reputable Um, organ, the Telegraph. Reputable organ, the Telegraph. But speculation was much more about whether a bear had somehow found its way to Rendlesham Forest than whether it was a phantom or demon creature. I'd say they both seem reasonably unlikely. Yes, 
Experts said, boffs said. Yeah. <laughs> Did the, the Telegraph call them the boffs? The boffs said, there's no evidence that there's a bear in the area and where would the bear have come from? Yeah. But people are always like, oh, Colchester it could have escaped from a zoo, exactly. Could the bear escape the zoo? Could it survive the climate? It could survive the climate. What would the bear be eating? You know, this kind of thing. Rubbish. Should we all avoid Rendlesham Forest because the bears are in the forest right. now? Or because of the aliens. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather meet an alien than a bear. Yeah, I think with a bear, you're 90% sure it's going to try and kill you. Yeah. Whereas with an alien, it may be coming in peace. It may be peaceful. Yep. And you could just run away, maybe. Whereas a bear would chase you. Yeah, probably. An alien might not chase you Take because... Your face off with a swipe. Say you were in a forest. Mm. The bear would be equipped... Yes, whereas the, the alien forest. wouldn't. But the alien might not even have shoes on and the forest floor <laughs> might be full of spiky bits of twig. It's going to run into a tree chasing you. It won't know what to do, will it? No. So, this also has an amusing end. Oh, yes. It wasn't a ghost or a bear or oh, a Oh, there was an outcome. Or a shug monkey. It was a publicity stunt <sighs> pulled off by a theatre company who were staging an outdoor production of Winter's Tale that summer in Rendlesham Forest. exit, stage left, pursued by a bear. Exactly. They put two hoax videos on YouTube. Absolutely. And they got some co-conspirators to report sightings of a bear-like creature to the press. A hoax! Not even the shug monkey! I'm upset you've even included this in the... Are you? uh, I thought it was quite a fun outcome. No. Why are you so cross about it? I bet it? it was a really shit production. Why are you so cross? Because it belittles any sense of mystery that these things may exist. Oh, well, the shug monkey could still be out there. Just not in Rendlesham Forest. Just not in Rendlesham Forest. Think of it in the dark lanes of Cambridgeshire. Okay. With its sad monkey face. And that's the end of Black Shuck and the Shug Monkey. There we go. Done. Great. We need never think of Black Shuck again. Because really, actually, there's not that much to say, is there? Big dog. Big dog. Multiple sightings. May have wrung some necks. A friend once told me, I won't name anyone in this story. It <laughs> it was... Does nobody come out of it well? <laughs> it was at the Cambridge Folk Festival when I was a teenager and someone had a new boyfriend, but he wasn't very bright. And then my I, a friend of mine had, had been with him. And in the biblical sense. Friend, no. And they all had pints. And then my friend had gone off somewhere and come back and the pints were all on the floor. (laughs) The boyfriend had dropped everything. And then she was like, what happened? And he went, saw a big dog. (laughs) He saw a big dog and it made him drop the pints. Oh, that's quite sad. I don't think that has any um, bearing on intellect. I don't know. You think an intelligent person would not be startled by a large dog? Exactly. I'm not sure that's true. I once fell down a flight of stairs at university oh, and yes. I was holding a pint at the time. Right. And I got to the bottom and the pint was still aloft. <laughs> Some would say your greatest achievement. <laughs> My bum was very bruised, but the pint was intact. Only a few drops had escaped. Well, that's well done. <laughs> so that's the end of the Black Shuck Shug Monkey. Thank goodness. But next Sunday, we're going to be back again. Oh, Can you believe it? With another story. I'm feeling exhausted already. I don't think they're getting any more Christmassy yet, are they? No, you did promise. Well, did I promise or did I say I'd try? I think you said you'd try. So let's see if next time's any more Christmassy. We'll have another Christmassy or, you know, vaguely... Tenuous. Vaguely wintry I think what we're going to call this is the roof is tenuous advent or something. (laughs) The roof is tenuous. Oh, it's accurate. Well, thanks for listening. Come back next week for another story in our Advent series. 
Thank you, Chris. No, thank you. I'm sorry that you were so upset about the hoax. That's okay. It was good that it took my mind off the darkness and being okay. upset about that. Instead. Great, great. Okay. See you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>